Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Raider Nation, and welcome to another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dennis Ackerman. The wait is finally over. Football is here. The Raiders open the season Sunday at the Carolina Panthers. Raiders are currently at three-point favorites. And if you're feeling good about the silver and black, then head to betonline.ag today and sign up to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Well, this is the seventh all-time meeting between the Raiders and Panthers. The series is currently tied three apiece. The last time these two met was back in 2016 in Oakland, and the Raiders won 35-32. Derek Carr threw for more than 300 yards that day and a pair of touchdowns. And remember Khalil Mack? Yeah, he had a pick six. Overall, the Raiders have lost two out of three at Carolina, their only win coming in 2004. Now, I know Raider fans are very familiar with the team's struggles in the Eastern time zone. And look, you can blame it on a variety of factors. But the bottom line is this. They simply haven't been very good lately. They've lost 21 out of their last 26 games in the Eastern time zone. Three of those wins came in 2016. And that's the year they went 12-4 and and made the playoffs for the only time in the last 18 seasons. If the Raiders feel they've turned the corner and are headed in the right direction, then they need to begin the 2020 season on the right foot and knock off the rebuilding Carolina Panthers. The Raiders released their first depth chart of the season earlier this week, and you could pretty much sum it up this way. The youth movement is upon us. The Raiders are starting Three rookies, wide receivers Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards, and cornerback Damon Arnett, and several second-year players as well, running back Josh Jacobs, wide receiver Hunter Renfro, and on the defensive side of the football, up front Max Crosby along with Cleland Farrell, and in the secondary Trayvon Mullen and safety Jonathan Abram, although you could technically call him a rookie because he played in just one game last year. On Wednesday, Coach John Gruden addressed the media, and this is what he had to say about his young roster. Well, we've done all we can to get them ready. Uh, we're confident in these young people. That's why we brought them here. Um, we had two rookie starters at tackle on my first year here, offensive tackle. Both guys are rookies. I'd never seen that before. You know, we had two rookie running backs, a rookie slot last year. We got two rookie wideouts this year. We got, I don't know how many rookies on defense. So, um, we're rebuilding the team, and uh, now we're, we're starting to see the, the products of our labor, and we're hoping that Arnett and Ruggs and Edwards are up to the challenge because Carolina's going to challenge them. Gruden's always fired up, even during a routine press conference. Well, you know, there are clearly a lot of unique factors heading into week one because of COVID-19. 
and that includes no preseason games. So teams don't have any tape on who they're going to play. Derek Carr compared it to playing at college or even the high school level. Yeah, remind a lot of a lot of college or high school games where you just you didn't even have any film or didn't even really know who was on the team, uh, kind of a thing. Uh, and so, you, I mean, you just do your best. Uh, that's what we're going to do. We're going to go out there. We're going to do our best uh, with the limited, uh, you know, resources we have. But uh, I'm pretty sure we'll we'll be ready to go. We'll we'll make the adjustments uh, that we need to make. But I'm excited, excited for week one. Look. Here's the bottom line for Sunday. Every team is in the same boat when it comes to not knowing much about your week one opponent. And the only way the young guys are going to get better is through experience. On Sunday, look for the Raiders' offense to try and be balanced. In a perfect John Gruden world, it'll be a 50-50 pass-to-run ratio. The Panthers will see a steady dose of running back Josh Jacobs, and Carr will sprinkle it around between Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, and Jacobs. The biggest question for me is what kind of impact will the two rookie wideouts have, Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards? Just FYI, Raider Nation, the last time the Raiders started a pair of first-year wideouts was 2009. Darius Hayward Bay and Lewis Murphy. Oh, by the way, one last note on the team's receivers. Pro Football Focus had the Raiders receiving core ranked 28th in the league. And that was before they lost Tyrell Williams for the season. Let's go to the other side of the ball now. The Raiders will look much different compared to last year's season finale. It includes new starters highlighted by defensive tackle Malik Collins, linebackers Corey Littleton and Nick Kwiatkowski, rookie cornerback Damon Arnett, and now healthy safety Jonathan Abram. They need to try and contain one of the best running backs in the league in Christian McCaffrey and make Panthers quarterback Teddy Bridgewater beat them. This is defensive coordinator Paul Gunther's third year, and he has zero starters left over from 2018. The Raiders' defense actually improved last year, ranking 24th overall. But the defense needs to be even better because we know when Gruden gets a lead, he likes to go conservative on offense and rely on his defense. But the problem with that the defense hasn't been good enough the last couple of seasons. Two years ago, the defense surrendered more than 29 points a game. And last year, just over 26. Overall, the Raiders have won three out of the last four openers. And I do expect them to make it four out of five. But I think this one will be close. For more on the Panthers, let me welcome in Desmond Johnson, who co-hosts the Believe in Panthers podcast. Welcome to the show, Desmond. Greetings, Dennis. What's going on, man? Out there on the West Coast, probably living it up out there. What's happening? We're in the middle of a heat wave, so just trying to stay cool and getting ready for week <laughs> one. I cannot believe the NFL season is finally upon us. Yeah, I didn't think we we're going to get here, um, but we're here. And, you know, the NFL is that train that's not going to get derailed unless, you know, something catastrophic happens. So, they're going to start. The question is, will they finish? And uh, I think that's the biggest question right now going into the 2020 season. I would agree. Hey, I want to talk about those Panthers. They're led by first-year head coach Matt Rule. What kind of team is Carolina going to be under him? Um, I think they're going to be – well, the, the first month is critical because Coach Rule has basically instituted this uh, 
college atmosphere really in Charlotte uh, from all accounts, from all the beat writers I talked to through the week that follow the Panthers uh, down in Charlotte and here uh, up in the triad in Greensboro and whatnot. Uh, they all say the practices are different now compared to when Ron Rivera was here. The pace is different. It's faster. There's more competition. Um, this is a really young team. I think they're average, I think the average age is like 25, 26 overall. So that'll work for young guys, first year, second year, uh, third year pros. But we're not sure what's going to happen once he gets to an older team, kind of kind of like what happened with Pete Carroll in Seattle. You know, he, he brought in a bunch of young guys and guys that knew his system in the very beginning, paid off really, really well with great drafts and whatnot over the first two or three years. Then he had to kind of flip that out and uh, get behind a quarterback that was his and Hopefully Matt Rule takes that same path that, uh, that Pete Carroll did coming from the college ranks. Desmond, one of the keys for the Raiders on Sunday is stopping uh, Christian McCaffrey for Raider Nation. This is going to be their first look at him. What makes this guy so darn good? He is good at everything, everything he does. Um, running the ball, speed. Uh, he runs routes like a, like a, a top-rate wide receiver. Like, uh, I think the only running back I've ever seen run routes as well as McCaffrey is Marshall Falk, honestly. Like, he just he just does everything, and he does it all very well, and he does it with a sense of professionalism that it just makes you want to follow him. So it was easy to see that the Panthers would uh, look to McCaffrey to be the new face of the, of the team after all the turnover uh, in the offseason here. Uh, but he's just – he's just, man, got football in his blood. You know, his dad, Ed, played for Denver – uh, his brother uh, played basketball at Duke. I mean, they're a sports family. Um, and he's just got the right mindset. He just goes for it. He works for it. He's one of the hardest workers on the team, maybe in the NFL. And uh, last year, I was so happy that he was able to cross that 1,000-yard receiving and rushing uh, plateau that only Roger Craig and Marshall Falk had ever done in NFL history because he really deserved the credit nationally. We, we knew it from rookie year how good he was, but he didn't really get a lot of shine. And uh, I think last year, even in a losing season, people began to recognize how really good this kid is. I, personally, I think he's the best running back, hands down, in the NFL today going into 2020. Well, you mentioned uh, Marshall Falk. That's pretty high praise, pretty high comparison. And you also mentioned his dad, Ed McCaffrey, played for the Broncos. That gives Raider fans shivers down their spine because he used to tear up the silver <laughs> and black playing for the Broncos. Hey, Desmond, I want to switch to quarterback now. Uh, the Panthers signed Teddy Bridgewater in the offseason. Is he their long-term future, or is he kind of just a stopgap for them? Um, I don't know. Um, if you ask the Panthers, they're not looking at this as Teddy being a stopgap. They're kind of looking at it as a, a time for Teddy to prove that he should be the, the uh, starter going forward in Carolina. Uh, he fits the offense to a T. He knows the offense. Having worked with offensive coordinator Joe Brady in New Orleans a couple years prior, and Brady has added elements to it, obviously, from his stint at LSU. Uh, so that part of the reason why Cam Newton isn't here is because they didn't want to have to install a brand new offense into a new quarterback when they could get another quarterback that knew the offense or the base of it already and pay him the same amount of money. So on that end, it was kind of a no-brainer for the Panthers to let Cam go, even though on the outside, you know, for fans, it still hurts that it went down the way it did. But uh, this offense is going to require a lot of accuracy, and that was the one thing that kind of hampered Cam. Uh, not Teddy, though. Teddy can throw 65 70% in this offense with the weapons he has around him. So it just depends. If he has a great year this year, you know, who knows? Teddy might be here longer than the three years he signed, even though, if I'm not mistaken, his contract's really kind of a two-year deal 
with a third year kind of like club option type thing. So really he's on kind of like a two year tryout. And if they completely and totally bottom out, then, then yeah, maybe down to 85, you do have a chance to get Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson, but uh, I don't think that's the Panthers mentality right now. I think they're happy with Teddy. We haven't seen either team play because there's been no preseason games. What is the strength of this Panthers football team? Would you say? Speed. Uh, the speed, I think speed is going to knock some teams back, especially the first month with no film on them. Uh, whether it's Christian McCaffrey or uh, the wide receiving core might be up, taking away Kansas City's wide receiving core. The Panthers' wide receiver core might be one of the fastest in the league with uh, Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, and new addition Robbie Anderson from the Jets. Those three, uh, none of them run uh, less than like a 4-5-40, if I'm not mistaken. So they're, they're all fast. They're all, DJ Moore is going to his third year. Curtis Samuel is going into a contract year. Robbie Anderson played for uh, Matt Rule. Uh, at Temple. So they're all familiar with what's going on. Teddy should excel in this offense. And then again, like I said, you've got the best running back in football behind you as a stopgap. Um, I, I kind of picture thinking about what, what Joe Brady was doing in LSU. There's probably gonna be a lot of opportunity for four and five wide receiver sets. No back, nobody in the backfield type things. Uh, putting McCaffrey up on the line, which would scare the daylights out of whatever poor linebacker or whoever is going to have to try to guard him just one-on-one coming off the, the line. I think they're going to do that. I think there's going to be a lot of pitch and catch and not wearing McCaffrey out running the ball. Um, but I think the wide receiving core and the speed overall of the offense is going to throw some people back at first, at least the first month until tape starts to catch up. It's interesting you say speed because that's one of the Raiders' things they focused on in the offseason. I feel it's a copycat league because everybody saw the success of the Chiefs, so they're trying to implement it with their own teams now as well. What's the biggest concern of this team heading into week one? Oh, the defense. I mean, we can't be as bad as we were last year. There was a stretch last year when the bottom just came out of the Carolina defense, and it felt like we were literally watching – teams gash us for 40 50 yard runs up the gut like every week uh it actually started with san francisco last year and then it just continued and continued um this is a young defense uh i think they've got three or four guys penciled in to start on the defense that are rookies uh the number one draft pick uh from the first round Derek brown the defensive tackle out of auburn who by all accounts is going to be a first round talent uh Yatour Gross Matos on the defensive end, the second round selection from Penn State. Looks like he's penciled in to start on that line. So you're going to have two rookies starting on our defensive front, um, along with a second year guy, Brian Burns, and then Kawan Short coming back from injury. Uh, the linebacking core, I wouldn't call it a mess, but when you lose someone like Luke Keekley, it, it drastically changes what your linebacker core is going to do. Shaq uh, Thompson's back, and then we've got a couple guys we're just going to see their worth. Tahir Whitehead, who you, you guys are familiar mm -hmm. with. Uh, who came over. He's expected to start. And then the secondary, uh, same way, Dante Jackson's entering his third year. They're expecting big things from him. Uh, looks like Troy Pride Jr. is going to start opposite him with Eli Apple being out for a couple of weeks, uh, an addition we had picked up in the offseason. And then um, the safeties, Trey Boston, who's been a stalwart here for a while. And um, it looks like they're going to run with uh, Jeremy Chin at the other safety position, uh, who we traded up for in the second round to get and who many people inside the Panther organization rate him as a first grade, a first round graded talent that they got in the second. Uh, and the players, coach, everyone have been super high on him from the very beginning. So if I had to pick a player for Raiders fans to keep an eye on, it'd probably be Jeremy Chin. 
All right, Desmond, I'm going to get you out of here on this one. I want you to finish this sentence for me. The Panthers will win on Sunday if what happens? They can keep the Raiders to 100 yards rushing, and if they can put some pressure on Derek Carr. Um, I, was, I didn't realize Derek Carr completed 70% of his passes last year. Uh, he's actually kind of slept on. He's kind of underrated as a quarterback. I think ever since Gruden came back, people have been looking for excuses to get Carr out of there. But I think being under Gruden the past year or two has really helped Carr uh, become a, a, a pretty good starting quarterback. And if he gets comfortable and gets into a rhythm, it can be a long day for the Panthers secondary. However, if our front four can put some pressure on Carr and cause him to, you know, throw some throws that he's not, you know, really ready to throw and uh, he can get more uh, uncomfortable, then I think that gives the Panthers a shot. You know, Desmond, you mentioned Derek Carr and the fan base is so split on him because they'll tell you, yeah, he completed 70%, but he doesn't try to extend the play. He'll dump it off. Uh, he'll make the safe play. People want to see that 2016 Derek Carr before he broke his ankle. He was a gunslinger. He just sit back in the pocket and let it rip. And we're entering 2020 and we still haven't seen that version of him. So maybe this year will be a little bit different. So. But hey, great stuff. Really appreciate uh, you joining me on uh, the podcast. Yeah, and we definitely need to uh, get you on the Believe in Panthers podcast uh, here later on this week, maybe uh, myself and my co-host uh, Tyrone Poole uh, would love to have you on. So, yeah, we can talk a little bit more about this game coming up. I'm just excited the football is back. Even with no fans, I'm just ready to rock and roll, you know? Oh, absolutely. We're all looking forward to it. Sounds great. Thanks again for joining me. Really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, Raider Nation, that's going to do it for this edition of the Bleed in Raiders podcast, Bleed Podcast Network. I'm Dennis Ackerman. Thanks so much for listening. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.